the Spitalfields Festival podcast with me, Sarah Moore-Peach. So welcome once again to number 13 Princelet Street. I feel like this is becoming my home from home. Um, we're here for our final podcast uh, with two of the artists who are taking part in Schumann Street, Yuri Kane and Art Stroke. I'm going to go in and meet them. I think they're both in. So we've managed to fit three people in the kitchen, not just two. I'm very impressed with us. <laughs> so um, with me are two of the artists taking part in the Schumann Street project, Art Strokeman and Yuri Kane. You guys have met before? Yeah, it, once and shortly. We shared a night in Groningen in the Netherlands on a festival called The Sound of Music. And Yuri played, I think more or less a kind of a late night show. And before and I had a, a small solo gig where I also took some friends and we played Dead Speaks by David Lang and then kind of a found sketch by Morten Feldman for a solo electric guitar. But it's it's been a it's been a while. <laughs> Yuri, do you remember this encounter? Ah uh, vaguely. <laughs> when we say Slowly again. coming back. Yeah, to yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> so Yuri, when did you arrive? I just arrived this morning. From From New York. Okay. So I got here, went to the rehearsal and uh, we tried to get some stuff together for tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. How much do kind of either of you feel you know or get about this Schumann Street project? It feels to me as though Andre Derrida has just invited a whole load of completely disparate artists to come and do this slightly madcap thing, and everyone is slowly, slowly gathering what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the concept is clear, but what exactly is going to happen this weekend is, I think, kind of a question mark for everybody, <laughs> and that's also the charm of it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I actually had a misunderstanding because I thought it was going to be. 16 different groups or 18 different groups coming in to one space and all doing one song not realizing that actually what they want is like us to play for like an hour one song and, and do it over and over again yeah. so that sort of changed the conception there of what how we're going to perform that just because we have to sort of come up with different strategies and mm-hmm. see what happens when you say we you're working with i'm phil working with Mitten. phil with phil minton who is somebody that I've played with a long time ago and met a long time ago and haven't seen in over 10 years. So we did a concert of, I I think we also did some Schumann in in Germany, in Munich. And, um, you know, it was intense working with him. So I'm I'm, I'm very happy to be able to, to play with him again. It'll be a small room. Yeah. To be trapped in for an hour. <laughs> but, you Doing know, the same thing over and over we're again. We're going to go for it. I guess everybody is up under the same uh, challenge. You know, how do you keep on repeating it to make it interesting? And yet, the, these songs are such miniatures that um, expanding it that way is it's, it's a challenge. Art, you're doing a duo collaboration as well. That's right, with uh, Abimaro. And yeah, I think, actually, I, I don't, I'm not bothered at all by the fact that we have to do this like in a loop of one hour, because what, what's happening at the rehearsals already is that you you embrace, of course, one song, and there are many ideas around them, and then as soon as you start investigating what you actually can do, there's a lot of kind of, yes, nodding, like, okay, this could work, this could work, and I think all of these ideas will, will pop up at some point within this hour, so it's also nice to just 
allow yourself. At least that's that's what we decided in the end is, is that we also allow ourselves to just kind of feel very free with with what we do. And I think after a while, after playing half an hour, you also have the comfort of challenging each other or uh, finding new directions within the song. So within each performance, as you as you kind of do it again and again for each new group of visitors, um, you feel like the piece is going to change? Most probably, yeah. I cannot imagine that we will be <laughs> playing 60 or maybe even more minutes of, of the same song. No. Yeah, you're nodding, Yuri. I agree, I yeah, because in a way, well. what I, maybe one of the approaches is that we sort of start with the song, but then we see where it goes. And so when we're practicing, we're sort of seeing, okay, can, can we do this? Can this fit? And after a certain point, like you're saying, we sort of have a certain confidence. Okay, we can do that. We can do this. Let's just practice the song and see what happens. So it, it always goes back in on itself. Did you each get the choice of which song you wanted, or were you given one? I was given one. I was incredibly happy with the one. <laughs> so which one have you got? Um, it's, it's a song called Ich Begrolle nicht. Oh, yeah. And that is, I mean, <laughs> I think within the whole cycle, it has been for a long time already my kind of personal favorite. So, yeah, it, it was, I was, uh, yeah, I was given this song, but I'm very happy with it. Yeah. What about you? Phil chose it. Mm -hmm. He, because, uh, you know, I guess it's important that he, he, he feels comfortable with it. So I can't pronounce the German of the song that we did, but it's a very assertive sort of, you know, almost like a sea shanty the way we're going to do it, you know what I mean? Very, <laughs> and then take it from there. That's sort of what we have. Just out of curiosity, regardless of how good or bad your German is, like roughly what's the title? Uh, you know what? I can tell you exactly what okay. it is. Let tell us, tell us exactly, because I want to, I know this cycle quite well and I want to be able to kind of imagine which one it is. It's number six. <laughs> Imrein. Ah, Imrein, okay. Strong. Yeah, so it's like all about... That's a really good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. It is. Because it's got all this kind of big stuff about the Rhine and the big cathedral in exactly. Cologne, and then it all sort of shrinks right down to this portrait of the Virgin Mary inside the cathedral. Exactly. And it Beautiful. also has an incredible, like, harmonic thing that happens in the middle that, that is, like, we were trying to do something with that, too. Very surprising yeah. harmonies all of a sudden, and then it goes back to that thing. So it's, it's, it's a nice song. It's, it's nice that exactly. we can never look to how you, because my score of, of the song looks exactly the same. I just, I mean, I'm a guitarist, so I also just took the freedom to just kind of summarize all these harmonies yeah. into chord symbols. And then the funny thing is, as soon as you have these down and you start playing with them, it will already sound different as the original. And as soon as you start to substitute these harmonies, before you know you're in, yeah, I mean, you can still recognize the song because the melodies are there, but yeah, it will become something different. appeal of this cycle? Like Yuri, you've done a whole kind of arrangement recording of the entire Dichterliebe. Yeah, I mean it's incredible harmony, incredible miniatures and beautiful um, moods. I mean some of the songs, not the two that we that we chose, but some of them are almost, they're, they're simple like folk songs, but when they're performed in a sort of very haunting way, it's, you can really get into it. And in a way, that would have been interesting to do a song like that because it's so moody. 
And, and it's also great when you're doing the whole cycle to have all these different moods come up. And really look forward to the next one. Okay, this one is going to be wild. This one is going to be so tender and so delicate. And, so, and also as a pianist, I mean, the way that he writes for the piano, a lot of the songs have um, introductions and, and a lot of piano music just at the end that you sort of sum up what's going on. So the piano has a very active role in it as well. Mm. Yeah, for me as a guitarist, I mean, I studied classical guitar, but there is no Schumann literature, obviously, for, for classical guitar. But um, as soon as I start specializing myself in, in playing contemporary music, mostly on electric guitar, you also feel yourself challenged because there is not so much around. There's not so much written for the instrument. That, so you start to, to look in what, what you can arrange or what you can embrace in a certain way. And I never played Schumann before on, on a guitar. Um, and not at all on the electric guitar. So that already was, that already I, I, I really like because I know the songs and I know the originals. But to be able to, you know, to make renditions like this, I think will also shed a new light on the cycle itself. Uh, this afternoon I heard um, a guy playing banjo and, and singing one of the songs and it was, it's just, that was um, Sam Amadon. And, and then you're already, directly afterwards, you think this is first of all amazing that how he did it, and second of all, you also feel directly the urge to listen to the original again. And, and that's actually what I think for, for an audience member this weekend will be, will be so special. That first of all, you hear all these, this, this huge variety of renditions of these songs. And I think afterwards, you, you still really feel like, I want to hear it again. But then in how it actually was, was written 150 years ago. Yeah, and this is really similar to last time I saw you, Yuri, we were talking about the art of improvisation, but also this question of the relationship of the improvisation or the arrangement to the original text, like how important it is for you to know the original and what it then does to your relationship to that. In a yeah, way. I mean, I think that it's, it's important to always have a relationship to the original, especially if you're trying to sort of use that material as an improviser. But in this particular case, it's so rich. I mean, because some of the songs can, they can be presented in so many different ways, like cowboy songs or drinking songs or very romantic songs or songs that are sort of this very assertive style of singing. And, and that variety, I think, is it's like, was my way into it, just because this idea that there's so many things being presented. So as an improviser, go for it, you know, and try to emphasize different things. and see if you can get something more out of it. One of the um, things that's come up in conversation, not just on this podcast, but also with the artists who've been hanging around and chatting at the festival so far, seems to be about this question of the way in which we present music and the way in which we give concerts. You know, most of the concerts of the festival are taking place in Shoreditch Church, St. Leonard. So in a relatively traditional concert setting, it's not a concert hall, mm. but, you know, it's used to having Baroque orchestras and that kind of thing there. And yet somehow the way that Andres put the programme together means that that whole notion of what a concert is gets deconstructed. Sometimes there are talks, you have loads of different ensembles performing in one thing. And Schumann Street is a classic example of doing that differently. So you're going to be performing in this really intimate space. And I'd love to know how, you know, how you feel about that. What is it like for you being in a small domestic interior? Well, yeah, what I, what I like about it is that on the one hand, nowadays we can see this as a very innovative, kind of uh, disruptive way of presenting these songs, but this is actually how it went. I mean, 150 years ago, this is 
how people got these no got to know this repertoire and actually we bring it back to how it was and by doing this we're all of a sudden <laughs> very innovative which is in itself already an interesting paradox but what i what i like besides where we're going to play it is also the freedom actually that andre gave us to to work with this material um we we only knew that we we had a song in the space where we're going to do this and almost like a live installation we will be playing these songs for for an hour and this also adds up to what we just said uh, because every member of the audience will not only hear a complete new rendition of these songs but depending on when you when you visited the song it will also sound different so it's not only the artist playing around with the material it's also the variety of the songs and that together i think will be almost like an ongoing it's not it's not just the jukebox it's also an ongoing um yeah almost development within all the songs and within all the, the executions of the song mm. and that's that's pretty special let's say <laughs> I think it's also, you know, to your point about how this was uh, music that was being performed in people's homes and written chamber for, for small rooms, for small places. And um, it's interesting as a musician when you play in a lot of different spaces, you know, people say, do you want to play in a mine underground and all the people will come or we'll go to this field in the middle of nowhere and fine, because it does sort of affect the way even the musicians are dealing with the audience, the way that's set up. And it's very arbitrary the way concerts are set up, classical concerts are set up. What do you mean arbitrary? I mean that, that, that there's sort of this formula, the people come out, they're dressed up, they clap, they bow, the people listen, they appreciate, it's all very polite. It's not the way people listen, let's say, in a, in a bar where punk music is being played or... Um, where you know one person is playing for one person or you're sitting in a stadium where there's thousands of people all those things and also as musicians I mean we play in mental institutions and in prisons in schools and places where people are wandering around it's you know it sort of puts you on your toes because you have to sort of deal with that is that really going to be the way okay let's do it and the intimacy sometimes can be very intimidating until you relax and realize, no, it's actually really relaxing to play in this way. Yeah, I was going to ask if it's if it's uncomfortable being that close to I mean, sometimes when you're playing for a lot of people and people say, are you nervous, you sort of block it out because you just sort of go out there and play and hope for the best. But, I mean, you're not really having an intimate... You're just trying to deal with this situation that can seem very strange and then you hear massive applause. You, you cannot even see where the people are. Yeah. And this is the opposite. This is like, okay, you know, if there's 20 people there and they're sort of like, okay, sounds okay. Yeah. Or if we like it or we don't like it, it's much more immediate. Well, it's almost as though that's part of the classical training, that you, you block out the like, intensity of being in front of all of those people, that there's some kind of wall between you on stage and the audience. And then when you find yourself in a much more intimate environment, that totally sort of shocks a lot of classical musicians, you know. Wigmore Hall is probably as intimate as it gets, and even then you're up on a massive stage. Yeah. It's, it's funny what kind of, also there, what kind of a paradox is going on, because you can, in, in, the, in the largest halls, as you also said, you can have almost a feel of being anonymous. <laughs> because you don't know who is seated there and yeah, it will be dark and so forth. What I personally really enjoy in these kind of settings is the fact that there's of course a huge kind of realm within the electric guitar, which is an instrument that most people see as incredibly loud. And then to bring it into somebody's 
like yeah, just a living room and and almost played acoustically is really also a side of the instrument I, I love to show um, because. Are it's, you actually playing it acoustically? Well, it's you it's, have it's, an amp, but it's really it's out. really soft. It's okay. I think in in general it's it's as or maybe maybe even softer than a classical guitar and. And I really enjoy this this side of the instrument as well. And also, yeah, I, mean, I, I also feel always very welcome to show people how what what the technicality of the instrument is, and that is actually not very different from any classical instrument. The Spitalfields Festival podcast with me, Sarah Moore Peach. You can listen in on other conversations with Spitalfields artists in our special podcast series. Just go to spitalfieldsmusic.org.uk.